Welcome to the Daily Tour podcast for the 2009 Amgen Tour of California. Hey everyone, this is David Bernstein from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast, and I'm your host. The Daily Tour podcast brings you daily coverage of the 2009 Amgen Tour of California as we ride through California from Sacramento to San Diego over the span of nine days. The Daily Tour is brought to you by the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com and powered by the resources of Bicycle.net. For your weekly audio dose of cycling news, culture, interviews, product reviews, and more, listen to the Fredcast. And for more cycling news, product reviews, original bicycling essays, and more, bookmark Bicycle.net or subscribe to the RSS feeds. In addition to our daily tour podcast, we'll also be bringing you several video clips each day, compliments of our friends at CycleFilm.com. You can find those clips on our website at www.thefredcast.com. And now, here's today's episode of The Daily Tour Podcast. Welcome back to The Daily Tour Podcast. Today is a Friday, February 20th. It's time for Stage 6 of the Amgen Tour of California. And today is a day that a lot of people have really been looking forward to because today is the solving individual time trial. It's just 15 miles, 24 kilometers. As a matter of fact, it's the exact same course that Levi Leipheimer won on last year. As a matter of fact, Levi Leipheimer has won this stage two years in a row. And coincidentally, he's won the Amgen Tour of California two years in a row. He's currently leading as he has the past couple of years And all eyes are upon him today as we get ready for that individual time trial. The feeling is that if he can put some distance between himself and his competition, all of whom, top 16, are well under a minute behind him, then hopefully he'll be able to come out on Sunday as the final owner of the yellow jersey of the 2009 Amgen Tour of California. But there were a lot of riders today and a lot of folks to come. Let's look at the standings going into today's individual time trial. Obviously, sitting atop the general classification is Astana's Levi Leipheimer from the United States, 23 hours, 41 minutes, and 20 seconds. Once again, everyone through number 16, Francisco Mancebo, on the general classification is within 53 seconds of Levi Leipheimer. Number two, Michael Rogers is 24 seconds back. Number three, Dave Zabriskie is 28 seconds back. Number four is Lance Armstrong, then Chris Horner. Number six, Janis Brockovich. And in seventh, it's Thomas Lokvist. In eighth, Jose Luis Rubiera. In ninth, Vincenzo Nibali. And in tenth, our best young rider, Robert Gessink, is 39 seconds back. That is how it stands going into today's individual time trial in Solvang. Now, before we get to that, we have a number of interviews for you. We start today with another member of the media. This is TV commentator Craig Hummer giving us his impressions on the 2009 Amgen Tour of California. Well, I got to tell you, as a commentator, you like to see the adversity a little bit, you know, just so the riders, not that they don't prove their mettle every day out on the road, but it's been, as you just said, it's been extra special this year. I think not only because of what they've gone through, but as you've seen, the crowds on the road, they've braved the weather just as much as the riders. I mean, this is my first year part of it, at least on site. You know, I've watched it the past three years, so I'm excited to be here, obviously, and excited that the racing has actually proved out to be so good. 
We've commented numerous times here on the Daily Tour about how the crowds have just been amazing and that several people have uh, commented that the crowds here have been as big as any bike race in the world, maybe rivaling the Tour de France. Well, I would agree. Absolutely. I mean, I've covered this tour now not as many years as Bob or, of course, Phil and Paul, but this year will be my seventh year doing it. And it, this is the only time I've ever seen anything in terms of the excitement rival what you see in France every year. And, it, you know, I read a quote from Lance Armstrong the other day where he said, you know, people were giving him credit for it. But much like you said, Bob just said, I think it's that the Amgen Tour of California has just grown, you know, year in, year out. And there are the biggest names in the sport. I mean, I think outside of the Tour de France and perhaps maybe this year's Giro, this is the best field you've seen in a cycling race in years. Now, as we just noted at the top of the show, look at the top four in the GC going into today's race. Levi Leipheimer, Dave Zabriskie, Michael Rogers, Lance Armstrong. It just doesn't get any better than that. No, you're right, it doesn't. I mean, of course, Lance has made no secret about how he has worked for Levi this week and, and wanted to work for Levi this week. I, I tell you, I saw Levi last night at dinner, and I have never seen him as relaxed as he is right now. Now, you might think, oh, well, sure, he's in first place. You know, of course he'd be relaxed. But Levi's a guy that is as meticulous as Lance in his preparation, and he, for him to be relaxed just shows the confidence that he has in his form because, as you know, today he's on his own. I mean, his team's helping him get to this point but today is where I think he wants to close the door on those other guys now obviously David Zabriskie being the time trial specialist that he is he's been very well under the radar this week so you can bet he's pointed towards this day and we also ran into Jonathan Vauders last night at dinner and he said you know Z-Man's his pick and I mean he sort of said that well I might have to pick him because he's on my team but he really said Dave because of the new family you know he's got a, a child now I mean he's got a new outlook on life and it's really suiting his racing style. Well, for Dave Zabriskie to win today, it's going to take uh, him making up 28 seconds and probably means that Levi is going to have a bad day. What does Craig think about the chances for that? Well, you just said I think the key factor is it's going to take a great day by DZ and it's going to take an off day by Levi. And I just don't think that's going to happen because, as you pointed out, Levi knows this course. But the other thing is that I just don't think Levi has ever been in better form. I mean, he has spent all offseason pointing towards this with the stacked team that Astana has. I mean, when you look at the paperwork, so to speak, this is almost maybe his only real shot to be designated the GC guy that everybody works for. And I know... He doesn't want to waste that chance, and obviously he hasn't so far. Speaking of Dave Zabriskie and Jonathan Vodders, we had the opportunity to catch up with Jonathan Vodders from the Garmin Slipstream team today and get his impressions on today's racing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, today he's going to need a pretty incredible ride to pull back 28 seconds. Um, you know, but uh, but it's possible. I mean, anything's possible. Dave is a pretty unique character, so, um, you know, we're looking for a pretty unique ride from him today. Now, as everybody seems to say, Dave needs a great ride, Levi needs a poor ride in order to, to get the yellow off of his back. So the question is, let's assume that that doesn't happen. Let's assume Levi owns the road in Solvang again. Is there any chance of being able to get that yellow jersey off of his back over the next two stages of this tour? Well, I mean, with, with Zabriskie, um, you know, that'd be difficult. Uh, but, you know, I mean... If, I mean, he, I think Dave's big chances, you know, is today, of course, um, you know, you never know with, with Tom Danielson, um, which, you know, is a, is a little bit unpredictable, not having the greatest of years last year, but all of a sudden kind of coming around this year. So, 
you know, maybe if he has a good ride today and stays within striking distance, then you never know what he could do, uh, you know, on the mountain stage. Um, so we're, we're kind of taking it day by day with Tom, but I mean, certainly hopeful that he, um, you know, that he, he could he could do something big. And while we're talking about the Garmin Slipstream team, we also had the chance to talk to director sportif Matt White to get his impressions on today. We wanted to know from a strategy standpoint, is there anything that they would do differently today in order to try to go after Levi? Uh, not really. It's uh, the time trial days, the time trial days, you know. Uh, it's full gas. The preparation's been very, very good, you know, with our equipment, with the planning, and everyone knows the course. So uh, it's just another time trial day, but a very, very important one for the overall victory. Also, from Matt's standpoint, we wanted to know with 28 seconds to make up whether or not that's insurmountable or is it possible considering this course? It will be very difficult to make up that much time. I think uh, Dave can certainly challenge Levi for the victory for the time trial today. But if he beats Levi by 28 seconds, he's certainly going to have the ride of his life. But with Dave Z, anything's possible. And then, of course, the same question we asked Jonathan Vodders. After Friday, is there any chance to make up time on Saturday or Sunday? Is this race over or is there more to come? When realistically, with looking at the team that Astana has and Levi, what he's shown on the climbs, it will be very hard to make up make up time. We've got a very strong team here as well, but uh, I think we're pretty evenly matched on the climbing days. So, yeah, I think today is really the last chance to uh, to take the victory of overall. Pretty definitive words there from Matt White about it's pretty much do or die today in Solvang. So we're going to see how Dave Z does for Garmin Slipstream. While switching gears and looking over at Michael Rogers, also sitting extremely high in the GC, we went over and talked to Rolf Aldog to get his impressions about what Michael might be feeling and whether or not he's feeling the pressure of today's race. Um, I think I think it's really to stay focused, you know, not really compare uh, him to other riders to see like who is in front of me, who is behind me. We want to have the best possible performance with him, and that's what we focus in on. And I think I think this is then he lives in his own world, you know. He's just like doing the right thing, wakes up, have his breakfast, all on time, all on schedule, do his warm-up program, and then be ready for the race. And then I think. He shouldn't be like too nervous or shouldn't feel too much pressure and then we see res- the result. It's only important to say, well, we have the best proper pro- uh, possible preparation and, uh, and then we see what the result will be. So it's business as usual today as far as his routine, but what about the strategy? Is there anything different that he'll be doing today? versus other time trials or other stages? Um, no, he because he always goes goes full gas in the time trial, you know, three times world champion. Uh, so he's used to that, to all that procedure. It's not that you're like, oh, I'm in this position by whatever, a long breakaway, and normally I'm a domestic and I don't even know how to prepare for a time trial. That's not, not, not his case. And, uh, well, you also have to see, you know, we won two stages in a row now with Cavendish. And that really takes a lot of uh, pressure pressure away to say, well, whatever comes is actually on top. And for sure, he wants to do as good as possible. But it's not that he's like, hey, if he's not going to win this race here, then we're in deep problems or something. I think the team performed well, and he knows that. And uh, I think, sure, he, he will try to, good as, uh, try to do as good as possible. But it's quite relaxed, I think. It is uh, indeed. It's a very interesting course. Um, you really, really have to study that course. And... Uh, and honestly, so far in the last couple of years, we already uh, always had had some some problems 
to uh, to figure out what's the right thing to do. So we really spent a lot of time on on the course right now. This year we had a training camp here, so all the guys probably before they really go off the starting ramp, they they did it at least five six times already. So uh, we should have a good view, but like pacing and everything is very very important here. Well, then we switch gears from Michael Rogers to then talk about Mark Cavendish. Cavendish has won two stages so far in this Amgen Tour of California for 2009. And we wanted to know from Rolf where he sees Mark going, especially in regards to the Tour de France. What are the goals there for Mark for this year? Definitely want to go there and win stages. Well, you know, what he has to do and what he has to improve is then definitely his climbing because the next obvious goal is uh, is making it to Paris, uh, which he didn't do in 2008. We had the reasons because we took him out of the race, but, you know, he has to make it solid over the climbs in, in the Tour um, to be a contender for the green jersey in the future. And this is something we, we work on. I don't know if he can really be even quicker, but... Really, honestly, there is no need to make him quicker, because if he's in the in the in a perfect position, then he's able to win, and uh, and he might not always win. You know, something might go wrong, and he might be too tired or or whatever reasons. But he's, you know, up to speed, and 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 well, he says he's the fastest man, and it depends on the conditions for sure. If there's a lot of climbing before, he might not be the fastest, but in general, he's probably right with that. But if you want to win a race, you have to come to the line with the first riders. And this is where we have to make him more stable and where we have to get him over the climbs that he still has the power to uh, to sprint. From there, we moved over to talk to the folks at Rock Racing, starting with Tyler Hamilton. We wanted to know how things are going for Tyler so far in this 2009 Amgen Tour. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit tired. You know, I didn't come into Tour California with the best form uh, for various different reasons, but... Um, you know, had some a uh, few hard days out there. You know, with the with the rain, with working for pa- Paco and Sabo, and the you know the day in the breakaway a couple of days ago. Um, so today, you know, it's, it's not my favorite thing in the world to do, but today I'll take it easy in the time trial. I won't go for it. Uh, it's something I've only done really a few times in my whole career. But uh, you know, for the team, it's best to uh, focus on this weekend. And uh, you know, we have we have three guys who will be going for it today: uh, Mensebo, Oscar Sevilla, and Enrique Gutierrez. The rest of us will take it easy and uh, save our matches for Saturday and Sunday. Now, what about the team itself? It seems like the team has a, a different vibe, a different feel to it than it did last year. Uh, a little bit less about being the bad boys of cycling, if you will. What's Tyler's take on the whole feel and the atmosphere around rock racing this year? Uh, you know, it's just, another, you know, we, we already have a year under our belt, a uh, year of experience with this team. Um, you know, we have a lot of returning riders. We're here in Tour California, and uh, yeah, we're we're happy. We you know we we love the team. You know, I speak for all of us, all eight of us. You know, Victor's not here anymore, so all seven of us here in Solvang, and um, you know we're we're happy. We love this team, and uh, we uh, we're here we're here to the end. Now, along with this change in attitude, is also uh, a change of performance. The team is doing very well this year. Look at Monsebo and how he's doing. Uh, Tyler was off on a a run earlier this week. Um, what are Tyler's thoughts about the performance of the team so far this year? Yeah, I think, you know, we're that much more confident. And, uh, yeah, we had a great training camp. Um, you know, this is this is our Tour de France this year, the Tour of California. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year we'll be in the Tour de France. Uh, but 
right now we we need to work hard and uh, and be successful in races like this to uh, get to the next level. And while we were over there, we thought we'd have a chance to talk to the team owner, Michael Ball himself from Rock and Republic, the owner of Rock Racing. And we started with a really simple question, and that is, Michael, help us dispel the rumors that are out there. No, there's there's no demise. Just just read the read the tagline: "Never give up, never surrender." And when I said we're here to stay, we're here to stay. Things are rough. We're going through a rough patch, and you know the economic conditions. You know, the bigger you are, the harder it hits. You know, we're not as agile as we were a few years ago as a company, Rock and Republic. And and you know, the decision was made that Rock and Republic could no longer support my habit. <laughs> so, so it was up to me to to put take it upon my myself and put it on my shoulders and carry these guys in this team. And I'm more than happy to. And and until the time we we secure some sponsorship, that'll continue. So. We asked Michael how pleased he is with the performance of his team this year. Uh, Tyler's doing well. Monsebo's doing well. Chadwick is doing well. How does he feel about the performance of Rock Racing? I'm very happy. I mean, what can you say? These guys, other than, you know, Columbia and, and Astana, I would say that we're probably the third team in terms of making things happen. Um, you know, good for Garmin that one day, but you just ride a wheel into the finish. It's pretty easy. Well, not personally, but if you know if you know what I mean. All things relative. Um, but what Monsable did, I mean, that is just, he's a stud. What, I mean, in the true sense, what, what can you say? I mean, that is just monumental effort. And, um, you know, Tyler just being a, a, an incredible teammate, you know, no ego. And that's the thing about the team is there are no egos. Our program just fosters just an American style of, of sportsmanship and team effort. Um, because it's coming from the top down, and, and it's not about egos. It's not about a European perspective. It's about an American perspective, and I think you see that. I mean, these guys get along unbelievably so. For the last couple of days, people have been saying that as long as Levi Leipheimer wins the Solvang time trial, he'll wrap up the 2009 Amgen Tour of California. But let's not forget that we've got the Santa Clarita to Pasadena stage, and then, of course, we've got that Mount Palomar stage down in San Diego County. With all of these guys out here and this amazing talent, is there still more racing to come? They sent their A game, without a doubt. I mean, short of like liquid gas, and they're using this as training. But I'll tell you, come Sunday, Basso's going to unleash. He, you're going to see him in full song. And I think it's going to be all-out war on Wednesday, and I can't wait. It's not going to just be us trying to do something. It's everybody. And that, that Palomar is just going to... It's going to be the equalizer, let me tell you. It's going to be awesome. So we can expect Mancebo going for more KOM points over the next couple of days? Of course, of course, but I can't tell you any more than that. But I can tell you this, it's, they're going to be, it's going to be explosive, and I can't wait. I mean, big names want that stage. Last year, there was a lot of controversy surrounding rock racing, and Michael Ball said that he was just bringing a new form of racing team to the professional peloton. It seems that people have gotten used to rock racing's style, and Michael Ball looks more relaxed than he was last year. Without a doubt. You know, based on personal things that I've gone through over the last few months, my company, um, the team, like I said, it humbles you, and, and there's really no adversary this year. I don't have to compete. And last year, I had to com compete for that camera. And I'm a competitor. And if it meant I had to do what I had to do to get those cameras to get my ROI, um, then that's what it took. And that's what, unfortunately, AEG didn't know about me, is that I'm a competitor and, and I was out to win. On one, some, some way, somehow, on any level, 
because we weren't winning on the on the in the in the race because we didn't have a full accompaniment of, of riders. So I did what I had to do, and you know we came to an agreement, um, AEG and its managers, that, that that's not necessary. We all want the same thing, as I've always said. We all want the same thing, and that's to promote and to better the sport and make it, from my perspective, cooler. Well, speaking of cool. Rock Racing certainly has an extremely respectable roster of riders and a very deep roster of riders. We wanted to get Michael's perception on his stable. You know, when you have a Montsebo or a Gutierrez, a Baldwin, you know, a Chadwick, these are real names, you know. Obviously, those guys are Grand Tour winners. Sevilla, you know, will, will go down as one of the greatest cyclist when his career is done i predict huge things from him over the next few years um it, it's a different thing and that was always the intention is to to build a team that is gc worthy has that gc contention um fortunately for for freddie you know there's not a lot of guys around so he's got a freelance you know he's just kind of poking in poking out but he's holding his own but if he had a lead out guy or a couple boy look out he's still fast for those of you who listened to the Daily Tour podcast last year, you know that we interviewed Michael Ball at the 2008 Amgen Tour of California, and we ended the interview by saying to him, what do you say to the doubters? Now, there are fewer of the doubters this year, as we've just discussed, but we still wanted to know, Michael, what do you say to the doubters? Get a life. I mean, I'm in it for the same reason. If you break it down, the same reason why you're in it. You love the sport. You're passionate about it. And the only thing that needs to be done is to promote it, promote it so more people love this sport. End of story. There you go. Michael Ball. Love him, hate him, doubt him, whatever you want to say about him. It's clear he does have a passion for cycling. Speaking of a passion for cycling, I am definitely one for the segue. Speaking of a passion for cycling, there is a company that has come on very, very strong over the last 10 years or so, and that is SRAM. And we had the opportunity to talk to Michael Zellman from SRAM today. So everybody knows Shimano, everybody knows Campagnolo, most people know SRAM, but we thought we might ask Michael to give us a little bit of a history and a future. Uh, good question. The history of SRAM. SRAM was founded uh, just over 21 years ago as a, as a road bike component. You know, we started with the twist shifter on uh, tri-bikes and on road bikes, and uh, Stan Day, our president, wanted to get the shifting off the down tube, brought it up there. So we started as originally as a, uh, as a road company. Uh, to now, you know, we've invested in rock shocks, Truvative, Zip Wheels, uh, Avid Brakes, and right now we're uh, a company that's uh, approaching $500 million annual sales, the second largest component manufacturer in the world with all those brands. Um, the road launch happened about four years ago, and that was a, that was a big deal to, to our company, and obviously, you know, we've got some good momentum behind Red Rival and Force, so we're pretty excited about that. The history right now is just uh, continued growth. Well, since Michael talked about the various groups involved, we know that Team Astana and some others are riding red, but he also mentioned the rival group, and we wanted to get a little bit more information about that. It's actually, uh, it's actually our best-valued grupo. It's uh, priced right around $900. And if you look at a, a comparable component, uh, uh, you know, our comp uh, comp competitor's componentry, um, we're, we're around $900. Uh, our competitors for a, a similar grupo are around $1,200 and we're about 300 grams lighter. And basically you have 90% uh, of the function of red. You're slightly heavier, but you're still one of the lightest groupos in the world. And red's got the all black, it's got a carbon brake lever. Um, it's an exciting grouper to ride, and I've been handing it to uh, editors for a while now. Editors have been you know, basically saying, hey, this is Red Junior. 
uh, and you know, Force as well. Force has maintained itself, and we got some exciting things coming on Force too in the next few months. So you're going to see that. But uh, r the push on Rival has been easy. People have been excited about it, and uh, uh, just going forward, we're 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 looking at increased spec, dramatic increase on, on spec for for or for Rival. Now we know a lot of you out there are sort of weekend warriors who like to either go out and do centuries or perhaps criterium racing, and that means that you want a group that's lightweight. It's durable and it provides fast, accurate shifting. What about from SRAM? Absolutely. Those are, th those, are, those are three of the most important things to what we provide. And you talk about rival. Here's, here's one of the things I think the weekend racer, and I'm that guy too. You know, I race every weekend as well during the summer. Well, I think what you're looking for is you're looking for value, and that's what you get in rival. You're looking for durability. That's not a problem. That's going to happen. And then another thing you're looking for, and this is a realistic perspective, that if you crash, you know, if you crash on a rival Grupo, it's affordable to replace the parts. Not only that, that you can buy some of the, the kits to replace some of the smaller parts, the, the brake lever and things like that. You can get through uh, our warranty or through your shop and things like that. So, so rival is really, you know, uh, for a baseline, you know, $900, uh, you're getting uh, pretty close to, to red and force in terms of function and uh, and you know durability and speed of shifts and you know our shifting is slightly louder than some of the other companies but in a criterium in a crowded pack you want to know you've shifted and that's why we provide that solid feedback on the shift the double tap lever is the fastest you can shift with your pinky with your whatever whatever you want to shift with and i think lance or levi is rolling out there goes chris corner and one of the things you gotta love about bicycle industry executives is that they're not just into it because of the business and the widgets they're fans too Chris Horner took off, and that was it. We, Michael was done. He wanted to watch the race. So thanks again to Michael Zellman from SRAM for that interview. And that's probably a good cue to start talking about what happened to today's individual time trial. First of all, again, this is a 15-mile route. The racers are racing against the clock. Uh, it is a sort of a rolling route with one fairly steep climb in the middle, and that's Ballard Canyon. I've ridden this route as well several times. Uh, not only is it uh, challenging, but it's, it's also quite beautiful. There's a reason why so many of the pro tour and professional teams have their training camps out in the Solvang area. The start and the finish were located about a block apart from each other, and that allowed the fans the opportunity to see both the start and the finish or to walk back and forth between the two. The early leader on the day was from Team Saxobank, and that's Gustav Larsson from Sweden. He posted a time of 30 minutes and 57 seconds, and that stood until Z Dave Zabriskie and Levi Leipheimer hit the course. By the time Zabriskie came across the line, it looked like he might have the best time of the day at 30.48. But then, coming across the line, holding three fingers in the air, it was Astana's Levi Leipheimer in a time of 30 minutes and 40 seconds. Despite the wind and the turns and the hills, he was moving his bike nearly 30 miles an hour for a half an hour to literally crush the competition in today's solving individual time trial. So first place in today's time trial going to Levi Leipheimer, Dave Zabriskie in second place, eight seconds back. Third place went to Gustav Larsson from Team Saxobank, 17 seconds back. In fourth, Michael Rogers from Team Columbia High Road, 22 seconds back. In fifth, Jens Voigt from Team Saxobank, 30 seconds back. In sixth, 
Big George, George Hincappy from Team Columbia High Road, 36 seconds back. In seventh, Tom Zerbel from the Bissell Pro Cycling Team, 39 seconds back. In eighth, Jason McCartney from Team Soxobank, 41 seconds back. Steph Clement comes in in ninth place from Team Robobank, 43 seconds back. And rounding out the top 10, Thomas Lokvist from Team Columbia High Road, 51 seconds back. And for those of you who are wondering what happened to Lance Armstrong today, Lance came in in 14th place, 1 minute, 16 seconds back of his teammate, Levi Leipheimer. So after today's stage, the general classification seems to have shaken out quite a bit. Sitting in first place still, Levi Leipheimer at a time of 24 hours, 12 minutes, and 0 seconds. Dave Zabriskie is in second place from Team Garmin Slipstream. He's 36 seconds back. 46 seconds back is Michael Rogers from Team Columbia High Road in third place. In sitting in fourth is Jens Voigt from Team Saxobank, 1 minute, 10 seconds back. In fifth, Thomas Lokvist from Team Columbia High Road, 1 minute, 29 seconds back. A minute 46 back, it's Lance Armstrong. He's sitting in sixth place. In seventh, Robert Gessing from Rabobank, 154 back. In eighth, Giannis Brockovich from Team Astana, 1 minute 59 back. Chris Horner from Astana is 2.13 back in ninth place. And in 10th, Francisco Monsebo from Rock Racing, 2 minutes 15 seconds behind our race leader, Levi Leipheimer. Tomorrow's Stage 7 will take the Peloton from Santa Clarita to Pasadena, California, over a distance of 88.9 miles or 143 kilometers. This is an area that I know very well because both the beginning and the end of this stage are both part of my original training grounds when I lived here in Southern California. The riders will first head up Bokeh Canyon on the way to Vasquez Canyon before heading up and over the Angeles Crest Highway. The ride begins with a gradual uphill before a Category 3 climb as they get to the top of Mill Creek Summit. From there, they'll go through a tunnel, uh, which will have some temporary lighting for the Peloton this year. I know that there was a lot of uh, complaints last year about the lack of lighting in that tunnel before heading downhill into Pasadena and several laps around the famed Rose Bowl. As you remember last year, despite the fact that there was a breakaway, George Hincapi went across and won what was then the final stage of the 2008 Amgen Tour of California. We'll be covering tomorrow's stage from within the race caravan itself. We'll look forward to coming back and presenting that to you again tomorrow night. But for now, so long from Southern California and the 2009 Amgen Tour of California. That's it for today's coverage of the 2009 Amgen Tour of California presented by the Fredcast Cycling Podcast and powered by the resources of Bicycle.net. If you'd like to comment on today's show, please send an email to thefredcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our videos brought to you by cyclefilm.com located at www.thefredcast.com. This is your host, David Bernstein, from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. So long from the 2009 Amgen Tour of California, and thanks for listening.